Hello and welcome to the End-Stage Renal Disease Treatment Choices Learning Collaborative, or ETCLC, podcast series. In these episodes, we'll hear from transplant, donation, and organ procurement organization professionals as they share their experiences, data-proven interventions, and lessons learned as we collectively strive toward our national aims for more kidneys transplanted and fewer kidneys discarded. I wanted to kind of summarize because I know you're going to go into kind of the secret sauce making next, but you know what, what Michael showed is a hazard ratio less than one, which means his one-year survival rates are above average, above average, not just above acceptable. They're actually better than the majority of programs out there, despite the fact that his acceptance rate for um, better than dialysis kidneys is significantly higher than everybody else. His his time to transplant is, you know, half his patients are getting transplanted in six months or less. Um, and he's, his patients are not particularly healthy. The EPTS scores are higher than average. Um, and his ethnicity mix um, is pretty good. I mean, it's a third white, um, almost a third black, and then, uh, you know, the rest is split between uh, Asian and Hispanic. So it's not, um, this isn't, uh, it's not an easy population, I guess. And, and the, my point in just kind of summarizing there is, I think the Hackensack program patient mix looks similar to what a lot of us have in our service areas. Uh, the age demographic looks a lot similar. And I think, you know, the takeaway is it can be done. Um, I think we've seen, and Hackensack hasn't been doing this for just one year. This is um, seven, eight years that they've been running this program this way. So uh, I just wanted to summarize on that. And then I think, you know, flip it back to you, Michael, to kind of tell us how you have accomplished these pretty impressive results. Okay. Kevin, you also asked about payer mix. 78% of our patients this year are Medicare to date um, and Medicare, Medicaid. If you look back in 2022, 77% with, so 20 to 22% are commercial payers uh, for the program. Um, one of the most remarkable things that I look at in our benchmark here is, again, I think um, when you look at the willingness to accept uh, greater than 85% KDPI and how we um, teach our patients, um, greater than 85, you know, if you look at it's like 80 to 90% of our patients are willing to accept a high KDPI organ when they come in for transplant, uh, which is how we educate patients. Um, we tell them that taking all types of kidneys, any kidney is better than no kidney, and they should be willing uh, to accept all types of kidneys to be listed here. And again, that's a decision that patients make with our education. And you can see the distribution within the United States. On the national side, you can see only about um, you know, 60% or so um, are lower, probably 40% are, are willing to accept a high KDPI organ uh, nationwide. And you can see the distribution throughout the region and throughout some of the benchmark centers. So I think we need to do a better job at educating patients about the opportunity to accept a higher KDPI organs because they're easier to come by. Um, if you look at the nation as a whole, there are more high KDPI organs than there are young KDPI organs. People die older than they die uh, compared to those who die younger. And so we as a, as a nation have better opportunity to transplant uh, older donors 
um, you know, it's easy in, in a sense to accept a younger, healthier donor. That's that's pretty much simple. I think it's the key is what we can we do to accept complicated or higher risk donors or higher KDPI. The Hackensack program, we take higher uh, KDPI organs relative to the national average. The median national KDPI is about 45% or so, an average KDPI of about 40, a median of 40, I'm sorry, 65%. And our benchmarks in the region as a whole, they are uh, sometimes dramatically below 50%. Um, and you know that type of curve where you're seeing more people or more KDPI and is an opportunity for transplant centers. Overall cold ischemic time uh, for our transplant center is 24 hours. Uh, the nation as a whole is 20 hours. So we're four hours, again, on average, more than the nation as a whole and some of the other benchmarks there. Uh, and where we are, most centers, the very aggressive center I benchmark against, and their average is closer to 27 hours. But 24 hours is a long time uh, for distribution allocation of, of kidneys. And with that being said, uh, taking higher EPTS patients and um, higher KDPI kidneys um, and prolonged cold ischemic time, our DGF rate, um, looking at the patients transplanted in 2022, it was 11.9%. Region two is about 25%. Nationwide, it's about 25%. In one of the benchmarks, it was as high as almost you know, 35%. Um, so we're very proud of the fact that we have low DGF rates. And of course, low DGF rates uh, lead to uh, better costs, uh, reduced costs at providing care at my hospital and lower length of stay. Um, this is a length of stay uh, benchmark. This is also new since I showed the, uh, the, the uh, faculty team here. Uh, the national uh, length of stay uh, for kidney transplant is 4.0 days. The NJHK uh, median weight, uh, length of stay is 4.0. 95% of our patients leave the hospital within seven days. And if you look at the P95 for the region uh, and the other centers, it can be a little bit longer. Thank you for listening to this episode of the ETCLC podcast series. We encourage you to steal shamelessly, as we say, any recommendations and best practices shared by the presenters and their organizations. We encourage you to listen to our other podcasts that help support and improve your transplant work. Also visit our LinkedIn page, ETCLC. Follow us on X, formerly Twitter, at ETCLC1, and check out our YouTube channel for more resources available at esrd etclc